0: Yeah, June 15th, baby. You know what this day is? This is the day we were going to give our notice and be out of our apartment in two months and uh, close on a house and blah, 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 blah. But instead, it's actually none of those things. The only thing that uh, happened today was I mailed out my quarterly estimated taxes, which is interesting because, uh, you know, the regulations say that I'm I'm far too risky to be given a mortgage of any kind just based on the nature of my work but not risky enough that I keep uh, having to send thousands and thousands of dollars every few months to the uh, to the Fed. It's very interesting sending all to all uh where the hell is it somewhere in Kentucky? Uh Fuckville, Kentucky. Moronville, Kentucky. What is it? Yeah, who cares? yeah louisville louisville yeah uh, anyway <clears throat> yeah so so i can't can't get a mortgage uh despite my great salary and uh, you know whatever all the other stuff I've mentioned a million times, and the fact that honestly, what I'm doing is no different than what I've done before, whether I'm on a w two or a ten ninety nine or blah 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 uh it's all it's all the same except the only difference is I'm getting paid a shit ton more than I ever have, and and yes, this is true that it, you know uh, September 30th, as of right now, uh, th- there's nothing lined up after September 30th. Uh, I could I have until the end of the day today to say yes or no to my boss uh, if I will accept the full time offer. It's gonna be a no. And to some people, that would sound crazy. Like, wait a minute. They told you, hey, you can stay on this contract that ends in September, or we'll bring you in full time and then you're set and then you're on a W 2 and then you can apply for a mortgage. Yes, yes, yes to all of those things, except (laughs) the amount of money. it's, It's not the amount of money that I would, if I went on to a W 2 tomorrow. Uh, or even let's just say even like the end of the month. Let's just say they flipped me over on July first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be that would basically end up being. Oh, I want to say almost exactly half. I would end up I would end up taking home half of what I'm scheduled to take home in the next three months after from July first till October first. Let's say. Uh, and that's a, that's a risk that I'm very much willing to take because again, I've, you know, I know, I know everything's just like crashing the economy all the, the gas prices and the inflation, it's the housing market, it's all going to, it's all going to just implode. It's all going to just crash to pieces by the end of the year. Uh, well also, uh, some of the times, that, some of the times that I got really good jobs was during like horrible economic conditions where it's like, I mean, Jesus Christ, during the pandemic, I couldn't I couldn't not get a job. During 2008 and 2009, when, like, everything was in the tank, just completely tanked, uh, yeah, I just kept getting... There were no jobs, and I just kept getting jobs. And then they were paying for my relocation. And as I said, I think three weeks is the max that I've ever been between jobs. And so, and that was because I just... You know, this didn't start right away, so I'm going to roll the dice on this one <laughs> and say that even if I'm not uh, gainfully employed somewhere by October 1st, uh, look, there's there's going to be a, enough of a of a war chest to get me through, you know, quite a bit of time. Uh, should it come to that, and frankly, that might not be so awful. That's that's really that's the. That's the word. That's the bad scenario. Is I get like some legitimate time off that I so desperately need, uh, and also, and I don't think I mentioned this. I'm mentioning it now because uh, I was talking about the whole independent contractor thing and all this for years and years. Maybe uh, the last five years in particular, five six years. You know, I really I kind of sit back and I'm like, you know. If nothing else, <laughs> I'm really good at getting a job. I'm really good on an interview. I'm really good at getting calls from recruiters. Now, I didn't all it used to be because my resume was shit. My resume was a pile of garbage that just had like some retail stuff and I don't even remember what the hell bullshit I put on there. There wasn't much to talk about. You know, Barnes and Noble stewarts made la poopy sandwiches <laughs> uh, you know it's just like customer service handling cash merchandising and then you start to just make some like uh, marketing coordination well, what does that mean uh well hanging up signs on the window of the store basically oh okay but i coordinated that well The corporate office coordinated what should happen and i just you know i got the i got the scotch tape out and hung the signs on the windows so it's you know basically the marketing coordinator for the store i think you could say and i used to write little fun messages on my little name tag there was a little sleeve underneath the name tag where you could put something that just says you know at christmas time try our eggnog buy two get one free pies you know cookies on sale whatever uh and I would write stupid things like, please buy please buy eggnog or Leo will beat me. <laughs> poor Leo. My poor manager, Leo. He had to put up with La Poopy. He had to put up with me writing ridiculous things. Uh, and then I would write, hello, Newman, on my thing. And occasionally somebody would come in and be like, hello, Newman. And then half of the people, because it's Vern Hills, half the people were like, oh, is it because you're a new man? Oh, my God. Get the fuck out of here uh anyway so <laughs> so I had all that shit on my resume, and now I have like stuff, so yeah, it does help to have a good deal of experience and all that, and a lot of the you know a lot of the key things that are kind of marketable people are looking for uh but I think you know but but beside all that i mean i'm I'm like I know. What to do and what not to do in an interview. Does that mean every interview that I've ever had ends in a job offer? Of course not, because no matter what, like you just you're not going to be a fit for everybody. Even if you have on paper everything they're looking for, it just for one reason or another. You know, some people are looking for someone with my personality. Other people are not. When I worked at Beach Coast. <laughs> <laughs> when I worked for a certain bank and yeah, they they made me take a personality test. And they said, "You know, based on this personality test, I mean, you might not be what we're looking for because we really want somebody who's just going to sit quietly and follow all the rules and not disrupt and all that." And I'm like, "Well, what where did it say that I'm going to disrupt?" It's I'm like, "I follow the rules. I do the things that are What are you talking about?" Anyway, um but it was a very, very conservative place, and they don't. They want you to talk about the normal things, you know, football, golf, the football game, the golf match, <laughs> maybe the beach. You know, that's that's about it. And then when you start talking about nonsense, you know, some of the people really find that funny, and those are the people that I became friends with. And others uh, get up and leave immediately. And uh, anyway. So, but but my bottom line is, I think if if nothing's happening at the end of September, I'm already a sole proprietor. I already am my own business, and if I wanted to, I could take that sole proprietorship, turn it into an LLC, and uh, which just you know offers me a little bit of more uh, you know insurance, uh, uh, you know protection as far as getting sued and all that stuff. Um. And it's a little more legit when you can put LLC. People just like, you know, they see LLC next year and say, like, ooh, he's an LLC. Uh but I think, you know, if I just had my, you know, it's I kinda have my own consulting business, kinda. I mean, only in the sense that I had to create it in order to get hired at the current place that I'm in. But if that thing ends in September and there's nothing else happening there or anywhere, uh and especially if the economy's in the toilet by then, which who knows? Uh, then it's like, well, shit. I could, I could actually charge a decent amount of money and make a decent amount of money, uh, giving you know various levels of career counseling, uh, resume writing tips. I could, I could help somebody craft their resume from scratch, or you know, tweak and refine their current resume. Uh, point out some of the, you know, have have practice interviews with somebody, see how they answer questions. Because I know, because not only have I been, I've been on both sides of the interview table uh, quite a bit. So I know how to give an interview and I know how to get an interview. (laughs) I know how to be interviewed and I know how to interview. And I've interviewed a lot of people and I find myself, you know, there's a lot of times where I'm disappointed because I'm, I'm honestly kind of trying to toss them a softball. Like, give me an example of a time when, mm, and then they proceed to not give me an example of a time when, mm, a time when you, brah. And nobody likes those questions. Nobody likes interviews. Interviews suck. They're not fun. They're just, they're stressful, but it's, you know, that's the way we do it, right? Uh, Frankly, they should just have like the interview process should just be like bring some people in for like two weeks. You pay them, but it's a preliminary thing. And if uh, if they you know if they work out, then you you keep you keep the one that you like the most, and you let the other ones. I mean, like, just have we learned nothing from reality television? Just have people compete real time. Yeah, you might have to spend a little money uh, to pay all these people to work for a couple weeks or a month. And then you keep the one that you like the best. and In the long run, you've you probably saved a bunch of money by wasting all this time interviewing people. that You can't tell if they're good or not. Bring them in and actually see if they're good. But that's, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway, I, I'm good at that stuff, you know, good at the resume, good at getting the interview, good at getting a callback, you know, from a, submitted, a resume submission uh i always have i mean my my interview prep is like i've you know i know i've got so many you know because it's not just like hey they're gonna ask you questions you gotta have questions for the for them and they could be like good questions you know yeah you can ask like, i mean it's fine to ask like you know what what's the dress code <laughs> you know those are good questions but save those questions till like maybe later ask about like you know, what's the, why are you hiring right now? What happened to the last person who was in this? room? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not giving away my, my tricks here, but like, you got to ask like meaty questions, legitimate questions. And then you can also ask, and you have to feel out for the, you know, is is this the right time and place? Then ask them about all the other stuff. You know, you have, you can't just like, uh, You can't just barge in there and be like, what does this pay? Hello, nice to meet you guys. Thanks for having me in for the interview. So what does this pay? First of all, you should know that ahead of time. If you don't know that ahead of time, then it's maybe a little sketchy to begin with, but maybe also not necessarily. Might just be a bunch of cheapskates. Uh, but I've, I've never gone to an interview, or at least not any time in the last 10 years, <coughs> I've never gone to an interview where where I didn't know what they were going to offer me. And if you don't know, you know there's a lot of things you can, you know, like the, the fucking internet exists. Anyway, I'm giving away all my secrets for free here. They're not exactly secrets. <laughs> but, but I thought, you know what? I, I, I know a thing or two uh, about being in the, in the professional workforce. I damn sure know a thing or two about getting hired. I know a thing or two about getting my resume noticed, and if nothing else, getting a, at least a, that first phone screen. Uh, at least, certainly getting calls from recruiters. And yeah, if I have the skill set, and that's the other thing too. If you don't have the skill set, don't bullshit, because you're going to get found out. We had somebody who you know <laughs> did not have the skill set, and they were they're they're gone as of last Friday. Because they were making more work for the rest of us Because they clearly had just no Either no idea what to do uh, No desire To figure it out uh, I'm trying to just understand how this person Got as far as they have Based on what I saw In the last three months Which wasn't a whole hell of a lot It wasn't even three months It seems like three years But it's only been like two and a half months That this person lasted Uh But, you know, that's something you you might really want a job. You might really need it. But like uh, going into a job that you were really not qualified for, maybe not the hottest idea. But but also (laughs) also most of my jobs that I've taken, I was not it's not to say I wasn't qualified, but I made it pretty well. You know, there were a lot of times where they're looking for this, this and this. And I flat out say, I don't have that. But it's not – you don't just end with that and be like, oh, I don't have that skill. You should find somebody else. No. Maybe that doesn't matter because a lot of times people want – most people want a unicorn. They want a thing that doesn't exist. They want the great winning personality. They want want all the skill sets. They want you to have a mastery of everything. And honestly, nobody tells you this, but here's what everybody wants. They want somebody who – Everybody wants to hire somebody who can just come in and like do as much as possible so that the person hiring you doesn't have to. And that's not to say that every single person hiring somebody is lazy and wants to just push all their work off to you. No, it just means they've probably been doing two jobs and they want to push as much off to you as you can handle. Um, But that's, that's oftentimes unreasonable and it's not fair. Uh there's there's so there's so seldom these days a uh just a nice quiet ramp up period. It just seems to be like you know, gone the way of the dinosaur. It's it's gone the the way of the Jurassic world. Uh where, you know, it used to be you start and then like, okay, you'll slowly ease your way in, you'll get your know know your way around, know the people, know the this and that and the culture. Uh, And then you'll start getting a few things and then a few more things and then they'll give, they see what you can handle and then they give you a little bit more, you know, and then you get comfortable and you're like, okay, just whatever. I'm good. I just, but these days there's just so much urgency with everything that they want you to basically, you know, within the first hour, (laughs) just have it all figured out. Okay. (laughs) Just please just learn everything. And, uh, and 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 if you could learn everything without getting me involved as much as possible that would be great. To, that's what people want. It'd be ideal if every new hire could just come in, hit the ground running, have all the intuitions and the instincts as well as the skills and the background and, you know, prior experience and the personality and all that. And there are those people. They're just not every candidate. <laughs> not every candidate. <laughs> Um. Yeah. And also, they don't work for peanuts. And that's what people find out, too. And they don't. They, that's the other thing they want. They want the unicorn, but they don't want to pay unicorn wages. <laughs> they want to pay you as little as I always uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin has a quote from years ago talking about Vince McMahon. And I think Vince McMahon said this to, to Austin Stone Cold Steve Austin one of the highest paid wrestlers of all time, one of the most, uh, you know, su- financially successful, uh, you know, it was Hulk Hogan. And then I think Austin, uh, surpassed Hogan. And I'm sure if you looked at like, you know, if you looked at based on people being around for as long as they have been, I'm, has Cena made more than maybe, I don't know. I don't really know anymore. Uh, they, all those wrestlers are big time millionaires cena, rock, austin, you know, they're all they all did just fine. austin did it in a very short amount of time. <laughs> it was a very brief, i mean that whole thing it just felt like it was never going to end and then it ended and it was like, oh man, that was quick. it was fun, but that was quick. it was like, jesus, that was it was like 5 6 years and it was over. um anyway, But Stone Cold Steve Austin said, and I'm paraphrasing so I don't fully have this quote right, but he said that Vince McMahon told him that his goal is what he wants from his wrestlers is for them to never know how much they're worth, which is fucking shitty. But also from a a horrible, uh, evil billionaire businessman perspective, it's like, yeah, unfortunately, that's fucking... That's capitalism for you. Uh, see how little you can pay somebody to get the most out of them. Uh, and then you reward them. But, but you've been paying them so low that the reward is still less than uh, what you, <laughs> what you uh, wanted to pay them. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of true. And people want you to just come in and do it all, have it all, be it all and then just kind of pay you like not that much. Uh for instance th- this full-time thing that I've been offered for a lot of people this is a really like wow it's cool salary's good all this stuff. It's a salary that I was making like 5 years ago. Um so it's like mm, Now there's other things you could factor in. It's like well, but now I'm now I have job security and it's a smaller place, so the good and the bad of that, like, yeah, you could kind of move up. Uh, th- that kind of thing. People people recognize you a little more easily, so maybe you'd be rewarded. But also, maybe not, because there's not... <laughs> you know, it's not like a big, giant place where there's just a zillion openings. And uh, maybe, oh, maybe I'll transfer to someplace else and we'll move. And then, no. Nah. So, uh, but, the, but this... Uh, the guy the guy who they <laughs> the guy who they initially wanted to to give this to to try and retain him it was a it was a major major bump for this person and i said oh man he has no idea how underpaid he has been <laughs> as he's been in this game a hell of a lot longer than i have he's older than i am he's been in the he's been in the industry he's been in this role he knows infinitely more than i do uh, but I've I've made it so that you know this is this is my this is what it costs to get me, and it's not very flexible because you know what I need money, <laughs> just like everybody. Uh, my buddy Joe, who has a CVT soft serve ice cream out in uh, out in Southern California, Los Angeles area, he shows it's so great. I mean, he just, he'll, he'll show emails on his social media. He'll, he'll blur out the names and stuff, but you know, he'll get an email from some asshole, uh, you know, representing a big movie star and say, Hey, can you come do this party uh, on Saturday? Uh, so-and-so XYZ celebrity who remains anonymous cause Joe's a nice guy and doesn't want to you know, do that. Uh, <laughs> so-and-so celebrity wants to have your ice cream at their party. Uh, We're thinking that instead of payment, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll blast your stuff all over Instagram and give you tons of tons of exposure, just tons of exposure. Lots of, lots of movie stars are going to be there. Lots of industry people, executives are going to be there and they're going to taste this ice cream and they're going to say, Oh man, we got to hire this guy and it'll be worth more than money. Trust me. And his response is always, that's great. Problem is my kid's school does not accept exposure as a form of tuition payment. So exposure's nice. I need money. That's how I get paid. Not in exposure, in money. And it's it's great. And guess what? Anytime he does a job, he gets paid in money. <laughs> and as you should be. I just, I hate how much stuff... Uh, is expected to be done for free hey if i just uh if I give you a shout out on twitter, will you just give me a bunch of shit from your business uh for free? Mm. no actually, I'd rather you just had money that went into my bank account but anyways uh i don't know it's just sometimes it's it's astonishing and 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 I've said this before i've I've talked to colleagues and coworkers. I find out what they're making. When I was at a thing a year ago, I found out, you know, as they're telling me, oh, you're you're coming in as a senior guy, and but we can only pay you this. And it was actually quite a bit lower than what I was used to. But I was told by somebody that I trusted, well, who was always kind of went to bat for me before, said, yeah, this is pretty much the max. I said, okay, it's not ideal, but okay, I can do it for, you know, what else am I going to do? <laughs> it's, it's more than zero. And it was the one and only time that I was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll take a little step backwards and pay just because I don't know what else to do. And because uh, I was leaving a place that I hated even more. <laughs> and, and actually that place I had took a step back and pay uh, to, you know, what my pay was like five or six years before that because I said, well, you know, the benefits cost nothing and it's, I, you know, this, this could be a good place and I hated it. And so that was the only time, the first like six months of 2021. And it's a pandemic. And at the time, you know, the economy was still like, "Eh, you're just lucky to have a job. And, uh, you know, that's the only time that I've, that I've done that. And hopefully, uh, Economy, whatever the economy shape is in, whatever shape the economy is in, uh, won't make a damn bit of difference for the rest of my career that I can just keep commanding uh, the rate that I command. And and yeah, there's some flexibility, of course, but not not a ton. And it's a, it's just important to like how much how much do you want to make? Is it reasonable? You know, and that's the other thing too. You can't go out there. (laughs) My very first job interview, uh, where I was would end up being paid twenty-nine thousand five hundred dollars a year, (laughs) but with lots of PTO time. (laughs) Um when I got that job in the interview, uh, you know, the question was, okay, what are your salary expectations? And I was completely unprepared because all that I knew Prior to that, all of my jobs were either delivering newspapers or working at a store with a cash register. And so I didn't really have to know too much about the salary because the salary was like minimum wage or maybe a few bucks higher than minimum wage, but not too much. And uh, so when I sat down, I'm like, okay, what's your salary requirements? And I said, "Uh, well... (laughs) oops, I didn't really research that being the noob that I am in 2007. I said, well, I don't want to go too high or too low. I said, if this job just happens to pay $300,000 a year, I would like to put that down. I'm guessing it doesn't. And so I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, I just I started like I'll just say three hundred thousand dollars a year. She laughed. She said, "Not even close." Uh, how about not even thirty thousand dollars a year? We can't even. Instead of twenty nine five, just giving you that extra five hundred dollars, so at least you can say, "Hey, I make thirty k a year." Nah, we're gonna give you twenty nine five. Oh my gosh. Oof, Just horrendous. And uh, and. Of course I was there for a year cuz that wasn't enough but it got me in the door. And then I got a higher salary and then it kept going up and then I got more experience. And then I had I had desirable skills, I had experience, I had you know, I had I had I had reps if you will. <laughs> I had you know, and then experience working in a corporate environment. So it was like, okay, well this guy's, you know, not just coming out of nowhere, he's got some stuff here. And that shit's important. Anyway, I'm just going on and on. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this up in about a minute or two, but yeah, I, I think that's uh, you know I've given a lot of thought and we'll see where it goes. Uh, if you know, depending on where I am on October first, um, and and even if I do land a job like the very next day, I think that's also like, hey, why not just now that I I have my tax ID number, I'm a sole proprietor. There's literally nothing that could stop me from just right now saying, hey, career counseling, $125 an hour, which, you know, it would be an hour session. But in that hour, you're going to get, you know, we'll do a mock interview. We'll, you know, we'll explore what you're interested in doing and how we can tailor your, your resume to focus on that stuff and then you leave and i take your resume and i'll i'll add some tweaks to it as well uh in my own time uh and and not charge you for that cuz i you know the the 125 is what i've charged you and then i'm going to send it back to you uh yeah so yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes um anyway cuz i that's what i at the beginning of my career right after i got my mba <laughs> I got a recommendation from somebody else who was in business school with me, and he said, oh, I went to this guy, and he he made my resume nice and shiny, gave me some tips. We had a mock interview, and it worked out great. And I went to this guy, and he was fantastic. And so, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But anyway, in the meantime, uh, I don't know. I don't even remember why I started recording this. But uh, yeah. It's a, it's an, I think that would be beneficial to people. I, I do have, I have a lot of knowledge, a lot of subject matter expertise when it comes to getting the interview, landing the job, all that stuff. And I would gladly charge people to give them that information, <laughs> even though I'm giving it to you for free right now, but only, only a small percentage. You want the rest of this, you can come. Oh yeah, I'll do a seminar. You can come to my seminar. <laughs> At the airport, at the airport Marriott. <laughs> oh my gosh! In uh, yeah, in uh, conference room C, <laughs> banquet hall C. We'll have the uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, could be an okay way to. But then the the only downside of that is like, ah, uh, do I want to meet all these people? Not really, and probably a lot of duds that I can't help. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what is this MJF my producing partner, John Murray and I said because he's in the wrestling
1: too and I said is this the wrestler MJF because Jeffrey said it was and he replied he said yes it was him so you know what I was like I know somebody big and bad to deal with MJF I hit up my friend he's Hall of Famer and former world's strongest man Mark Henry so Mark Henry oh, works with mjf now at all elite wrestling and so mark henry does not look like anybody mjf would say no to exactly. like it did me so mark when i told mark you know because i had to play it up i was like Mark, you no
0: know I, mean? I don't even know what she's talking about i thought that might be interesting i think it's sherry shepherd on on the wendy williams show wendy williams i i don't even know i thought that would be interesting it's a whole lot of nothing i don't even understand what she's talking about mjf i haven't talked about that a couple weeks ago this guy i got i can't i don't have time to talk about mjf he he gave this promo on aew and he's you know he called tony Khan a fucking mark um and all this stuff, and he just he walked out, and they haven't even mentioned his name. There's no references to him. It's wonderful because a lot of people, even inside the wrestling business, think, oh, this is real. No, all the other stuff we thought was real was like clearly fake, but this, one's, this is really, really real. This is real right now for real. And uh, I don't for two seconds believe that there's even a, even a small part of the MJF thing that is real. Some little bits that are grounded in reality. Uh, So, MJF, he's a great talker, great on the microphone. He kind of models himself after Rowdy Roddy Piper and some of the great talkers, some of the great villains. He's old school. Like a lot of wrestlers, they'll do the character on TV. But if you go to the autograph session or something, you know, like Roman Reigns is an evil guy on TV, but then he'll go to the hospital and he does, which is great, and does nice things, you know, the kids and stuff. And but it, but it does, you know, it breaks the illusion. It's like, oh, yeah, there's, you know, they're all, most of them are just like pretty nice people and they just play a dick on TV. And, and that's, you know, whatever. But it's so great because long ago people didn't know because a wrestler, there was like a wrestler's code. You had to be, if you were out in public, you still had to be in character. And so, if you were a bad guy, you were a dick in public. If somebody would be like, oh my God, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, gonna have your autograph, you could tell them to fuck off because you're a bad guy. And that kind of has gone away. The, the kayfabe, as it's called, the, you know, the illusion that, you're, that that is really, like, there's no difference between the character on TV and the person in real life, when in fact, there very much is. And, of course, we've gotten to see so much, you know, reality shows and documentaries and things looking behind the scenes at wrestling that it's, you know, even The Undertaker, who was one of the last guys to just sort of live that gimmick, live that character, you know, inside and outside the ring. You didn't get interviews with the real guy, Mark Calloway. You didn't get him just talking as himself. And then in the last couple of years, that's like all we've gotten is even at WrestleMania when he went to the Hall of Fame. I figured the next night at WrestleMania, the Undertaker would come out with the hat and the and the and the the the, the coat and the boots and the gloves and you know all that stuff. The hair down by this like the, I figured we'd see the Undertaker come out, if nothing else. And they played the music, and he came out, and he was just he's in a suit, and he's just kind of like waving to people, and it's like wow, it's really over. <laughs> Even though I do still believe The Undertaker will will wrestle again. I I can't believe for a second that he he's gonna have his last match as a pre-taped uh you know boneyard match at some some cemetery, some farm in Orlando. Uh so I do believe he'll have one final, at least one final match in the ring in front of an audience. Anyway, MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman made his debut in AEW two years ago. I know I talked about it two years ago on this podcast. It was the very first AEW pay-per-view. I remember ordering it. I remember watching it. I had no idea who this kid was. Never heard of him. He comes out. He's got the scarf on, and he's just trash-talking everyone and everything. And uh, if I remember right, he was trash-talking Bret Hart, who was there too, to present the very first AEW championship. Um, anyway, to, to Chris Jericho if I'm not mistaken, and uh, so this guy comes out of the microphone, and I'm thinking, I didn't think Rowdy Roddy Piper, I thought like Shawn Michaels, like late 90s uh, D-Generation X Shawn Michaels, where he's just a fucking cocky prick, and I said, this guy is incredible, if this guy can wrestle, He's going to be a megastar. Even if he can't wrestle, he will still be a megastar because nobody can talk like that anymore. And if they do, they're not allowed to. So if this guy, this sky's the limit with this kid, he's gonna be major. And he's in like his early twenties. I think I think the kid's like 26 now. It's incredible. Yeah, I think he was like 23 when he made that first appearance. It's unreal. Um and over the years on his social media and whatnot, he'll tease little things like, yeah, if AEW doesn't pay me what I'm worth, yeah, absolutely, I can't wait to get that call from Mr. McMahon and see what he's got to talk about. And it's just, you know, everybody's like, ooh, ooh he's stirring the pot a little bit. Oh. and uh, And to me, I just, I've never believed any of it to be real. Yes, elements of it, but I also believe that probably... In secret, behind closed doors, I think that Maxwell Friedman is probably, like, a super professional guy. Knows exactly what he's doing at all times when he's doing it. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but I really don't think I am. Because this guy is insanely... T- he's, like, an opera singer. Legitimately. Like, he's... He's, he, he's a talented guy, and he's not a stupid guy. And <laughs> he even has, like, his mom on Twitter calling him an asshole... What a prick, you know, like he's got his parents like, yeah, we used to love our son. He was a great kid. I don't know what happened, but he's become a total piece of shit. And it's just hilarious. Somebody like kids will go to an autograph signing of MJF and he'll, you know, he'll give them the finger or they'll make a, somebody made a present for him, an MJF uh, knit cross stitch thing in a frame. And he, he took a black marker and he scribbled all over it. Now it was in a glass frame so he could clean that up. Uh, but you could see a little, you know, he, you could see he got emotional before he remembered to stay in character. And like, he's, he's just a perpetual asshole to fans. He's an asshole on Twitter. He's just an asshole. And it's great. It's like, ah, oh, this is old school. He's just like, you can't tell where the real guy starts and the other guy ends and all that stuff. And, uh, and so I don't for a second. And so in the last few months, he's really been, you know, very vocal about, I'm going to leave AEW. I can't wait till my contract is up. If Vince has the highest offer, then guess where I'll be. I'll be on Monday nights in a few years and all this stuff. And then he had a whole, it was a whole thing. Uh, They had a pay-per-view a couple weeks ago, and he no-showed an autograph signing, which is is very much a dick move because a lot of people came to see him and paid to see him. I still don't for a second believe that that wasn't, Orchestrated by him and by Tony Khan and the other, you know, the other people running the show at AEW. I don't believe for a second that he would just do that without having it be, you know, signed off on and pre-planned. And then he he showed up for his match. Everyone's like, I don't think he's going to show up for his match. He might not show up for his match. I'm like, of course he's going to show up, and he did. And he lost the match to Wardlow, his former bodyguard. Who, you know, the old classic. Uh, you know treated him like Ted DiBiase and Virgil, Shawn Michaels and Diesel kind of thing. And so Wardlow, you know, became a good guy and then power bombed the shit out of MJF like a dozen times and pinned him and then that was it. And then they let MJF come the, the following Wednesday, he came to AEW Dynamite and in the very first segment came out to the ring and he had like a 20 minute a pipe bomb if you will just going off about tony khan the other wrestlers how it's bullshit how he's the guy who's working his ass off just you know pretty pretty standard stuff but just delivered as though you've never heard it before because that's how talented this dude is and so he's he's going off like oh tony khan he he doesn't give the money to the guys who were here from the beginning working their asses off he gives it to the to all the ex wwe guys who are all washed up, and they keep he, he has a hard-on for them, and he signed all this stuff. It's just great. It's like, oh, my God, this is fabulous. And then he's like, you know, fire me. Tony Khan, fire me so I can go to WWE. Fire me, you fucking mark. And then he hops out of the ring, and he jumps through the crowd, and the, the announcers don't make mention of anything. They cut to a break. They come back, and they move on with the show, and he has not been referenced, spoken of, mentioned anything, even a little bit. Uh, since then, and that was what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and and everyone's like, oh, it might, and and you know the network, it's like, oh, and uh, you know the, the people at TBS, everybody's like, oh, you can't, you can't. Uh, I want all references to him removed. Blah 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 blah. So they've they've unfollowed him on social media. They've taken him out of any of the promo videos. Any reference to him merchandise is gone his roster page on the website everything and anything is gone and i say this is brilliant because he will be back (laughs) probably when you least expect it when you really think like holy shit maybe this guy really is gone and then he will come back and you will say oh my god this is great and then everybody at that point is gonna be like i knew it was fake i knew this was a work i just knew it i just knew it Uh uh-huh anyway uh yeah so mjf pipe bomb let's see Ooh, it's incredibly hot let's, let's just see a little bit of this in a lot of pain right now after what happened on sunday
1: but all you people want to do is hear me talk right that's what that's what you want right you want to hear Talk. I'll talk. But this is Max Friedman talking. Big merger, boss. A lot of important executives here tonight to watch your product. Would be a real shame if something bad happened. I wouldn't want to embarrass you, man. Speaking of embarrassing. Well guess what?
0: It goes on, it goes on. I mean, it's just... Let's see.
1: opinions like they're worth a damn let me explain something to you people you don't know shit
0: <laughs> just wonderful just classic stuff Your opinions suck. Your opinions like it's so hard to get a guy these days you know the fans want to cheer the bad guy right because they're just dicks and they're sometimes they're cooler than the good guy and you know, they're not kissing babies and shaking hands. Uh, and there's a handful of people who can do the bad guy thing and really have people... It's so hard for a bad guy to get booed these days, and he does it so fucking well. ...to watch New
1: Japan, because I, I don't dump my opponents on their head, because I'm not reckless. What is it? Is it because I'm not chasing star ratings, guys? What is it? How could I possibly be the best will newsflash I am the best I'm the best in the world because I'm the only guy who makes you feel and unlike all those boys I don't gotta do a bunch of bullshit to get you there
0: I love that they could swear on wrestling now being able to say shit is huge I am a generational talent
1: and you people consistently take me for granted but it's not just you It's the big man in the back, too. Here's something you guys can't take for granted. Here's something he doesn't want you to know. Do you guys know who the second biggest minute-for-minute draw is in this entire company? Nope. You wish. It's me. It's me. And if you don't believe me, do me a favor. Ask stat boy Tony in the back. See what he's got to say. But whatever you do, don't ask him to reach into his pockets and pay the man who's been busting his ass for him since day one. No, 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 no. Make sure he hoards all that money. Make sure he hoards all that money so he can give it to all the new ex-WWE guys he keeps bringing in.
0: I just, I love this. It's so rare to have this these days. This used to be like all the time.
1: 24, but you don't listen to me, so allow me to make it a little bit easier for you. Tony, I want you to fire me. Tony, don't tell me down, you piece of shit! Shut your mouth! Look at me, Tony! Look at me! I want you to fire me! You fucking Mark!
0: Fantastic. And then during, they cut to commercial and there's some fan footage of him picking up his scarf. The cameraman get out of the ring. He's just still hot, and angry. And of all people, CM Punk comes out like, hey man, like calm down, dude. What's going on? What are you doing? What are you doing out here? What the fuck? And then Friedman gets out of there, heads through the crowd over the railing, and he's out. He's out of here, man. CM Punk is wild, wild, wild. wild. CM Punk has has a boot and uh, only one shoe on, and is, so it's real, man. That's real, brother. Anyway, uh, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And I'll tell you, that is some great shit right there. I do not for two seconds believe any of that was real. Now, do I think that he scripted that? No, I think that was from the heart. I think he had some key bullet points that he needed to make sure that he hit, you know, specifically the, the WWE comment and the Tony Khan, your fucking Mark stuff, and all this. Uh, and, and I think the guy just gets so into it. He gets, you know, he's just a, he's a great actor. He's a great performer. And there's, you know, he, there's probably some feeling. Cause yeah, when you start three years ago in 2019, he wasn't worth shit. And he very quickly proved himself over the last three years. And, and now he's worth, you know, if he's still, you know, getting paid the same amount of money that he was this whole time, then that's bullshit. Uh, but I don't think that's the case. I think that after a couple of years, (laughs) I'm quite certain that sometime in the last few months, maybe even at the end of last year, Tony Khan sat down with Max Friedman and said, dude, we don't ever want you to leave this company. You are one of the pillars of this company. You are a homegrown star. You are not a WWE guy. And I'd prefer it if you were not ever a WWE guy. And What do I need to do to make sure that that doesn't happen? Here's a bunch of money. You deserve it. You've earned it. Keep doing this. And by the way, I've got an idea. Fast forward, fast forward, and here we are. So yes, some elements of reality, but I think this thing is is, is, uh, as much a work as anything else uh, that you're seeing on the screen. Uh, And I fucking love it. All right. Uh, Do, 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 do. What else? That's it. I got to go. It is quite, it's quite late, quite late in the day. The hour, the hour grows late. Uh, So anyway, yeah, good stuff from MJF. Boy, this is, this really took a turn. I'm talking about like uh, career stuff and, you know, I could could make some bucks helping people get a job, helping people get an interview, have a good resume. And, uh, (laughs) and now... (laughs) And then it turned immediately because I saw the lady on TV talking about Max Friedman. I said, Ooh, what's this? And it was useless, worthless. But and then we we pivoted over to Maxwell Jacob Friedman, w, pro wrestling, AEW, and and career counseling, all in one podcast. Isn't that great? Uh, and there's the lunch hour. It's over. Time to get back to it. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, uh, I feel like I had some other stuff to say. I can't believe it's a week. One week from today. Right around this time, I think almost exactly a week from today, uh, will be the end of the school year, uh, the end of sixth grade for one, and the end of fifth grade for the other, which means the end officially of elementary school. We had that last year, the end of elementary school, and it was very emotional. Uh, And this one will probably be just as much, if not more so, because there was some kind of comfort in like, oh, man, I can't believe it. After all this time, like no more, no more elementary school for the, on the middle school for the oldest. Uh, but we said, Hey, at least we got at least we got one more year of this great school and these great teachers and all the all the people we know and all that stuff before before we never, uh, <laughs> in all likelihood, never set foot in the school again. So, uh, yeah, so it'll probably you know, it'll probably hit me in a week from now because I plan, Wednesday is a half day and I plan to be there uh, at least for the fifth grader for all of the pickups and drop-offs and all that stuff. Uh, I don't care what, uh, there's so much going on at work and so much busyness, but I'm I'm not missing this for the world. And the graduation itself is on Tuesday, wouldn't miss that. And then Wednesday is the final drop-off and the final pickup a week from today. I fucking just can't believe it, can't believe it. Uh, yeah. All right. So anyway, so that's, that's what's up. Uh, and I just, it's like, wow, it's almost, it's almost over this whole year. I have every single day of the school year. I've sat in the drop off line with my, with my youngest child and we're going to do it. There's exactly, there's exactly one of every day. You know, there's one more Thursday, one more Friday, one more Monday, one more Tuesday, and one more Wednesday, although Wednesday is a half day. So I guess, I guess today is really, yeah, I mean, this is officially, this is the last week. Um, Although today they have field days and bouncy houses and all that stuff. So that's nice. That's the other nice thing. It's the first time since 2019 that they've had the normal end of year stuff. My oldest kind of got robbed of, you know, that class last year. Uh, It was certainly better than anything they did in 2020 when just everything was virtual and on Zoom and all that. Uh, But at least, you know, last year, at least they had an outdoor kind of, just a quick ceremony where the kids, you know, you were dropped off and we got to drive as, as the oldest walked to each sort of station and got their things, a little gift bag and said goodbye to all the teachers and then, uh, you know, went and sat with the, the classmates. At least we got to have that. And then, of course, they could have stayed for the rest of the day of school and then like two more days of school after that. Uh, but they said, no, I'm going to go home. I want. I'm done. I'm out of here. I said, don't you want, you're never going to be a fifth grader again. Don't you want to just, it's only like a day and a half. Don't you want to just go and like enjoy your final moments as a fifth grader? No, I'm good. Okay. Youngest, on the other hand, is like, I'm I'm not missing a, a minute of the, these last days of school. Um. So yeah, the oldest didn't get to have all, all the traditional year-end festivities that they have. The youngest is going to get that. They're going to have the the field day thing today, first time in three years for all this stuff, and they'll have a barbecue uh, coming up and uh, ice cream and bouncy things that they have today. You know, all that stuff, all the good stuff, the graduation sort of ceremony thing. uh, It's all going to be really good, really fun. Uh, And then, you know, bittersweet, because that'll be the end of it. Speaking of the end, that's the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, go to birthdayboyshop.com to get merch and keep on listening to the old Birthday Boy podcast. Uh, I enjoy it. I, I, I love the fact that you listen. I appreciate it. all the, all the stuff that you're doing to listen and everything. And, uh, you know, I see the little heat map of the, all across the globe. And that's really kind of it's like, oh my God, I don't have a huge. Uh, listener base. <laughs> and my, I guess I'm not much of a marketing coordinator because I haven't a, figured out a way to market this podcast beyond like, uh, you know, this uh, beyond like 20 people. Uh, but it's also hard to tell cause these metrics are not totally accurate cause Spotify will say one thing and Apple says another anyway. Uh, nevertheless, those of you listening, I appreciate it always. And, uh, Oh, yeah, and I'm done with the PTO as of yesterday. Last final PTO meeting, and it was a nice short one. Uh, you know, I took, took meeting minutes for the last time. Didn't get a chance to process them. Uh, hopefully sometime in the next week so I can just be completely done with that. Got a nice thank you, a nice sort of, you know, from the president of the PTO. Uh, you know, hey, you went above and beyond uh, the, the expectations. I'm like, of course I did. Who, who the hell do you think you're talking to? Um, but anyway, uh, but it was a, it was a good feeling to be like, okay. And, 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 you know, it'll probably hit me eventually like, oh man, but that means that I'm really, I'm done having a, have an elementary school age kids. But nevertheless, I, you know, I just, especially in these last few months, I just don't have time for it. So the fact that it's over and I just have to, uh, finalize one last, uh, meeting minutes, thing and, and send it off and then be done and hopefully do that as soon as possible. But, uh, it was good to, and then half of the people weren't even on the call for one reason or another, the usual people, the only two officers were me and the president, the VP, the treasurer, uh, the other one, they were, uh, and they all, you know, they all had various reasons, but man, I, I went on vacation. I still made it to the damn PTO meeting (laughs) anyways. Uh, didn't miss a single one, by the way, from the very first one that I attended in whatever, September or October of 2020, when I was elected secretary of the PTO from then until yesterday, did not miss a single meeting minutes for all of them. And, uh, and got one more, one more set of minutes to turn back around and have finalized. Uh, and it was great. they're talking about the next meeting is in August. We'll see you then. And I said, "Nope, <laughs> you won't see all of us then. Have fun in August." Uh, so that was good. That was good. But uh, it was good. It was a good experience. I realized how much I just don't. Uh, not like that. I'm just not a guy to give back <laughs> of my time. But it was, you know, it was good. It was something to to kind of give back in my my kids' uh, last two years of school and all that uh, elementary school and all that good stuff. So. It's over. More milestones, more things coming to an end. But then, uh, you know, what is that? Uh, what is that closing time song? You know, that semi-sonic of new beginnings, ends. I don't know who knows. Anyways, shit ends and new stuff begins, and that's fun. All right, gang. Talk to you next time on the Birthday Boy Podcast. Later, Gators.